Well, good morning. Merry Christmas to all of you. And if you're a guest with us, we're, we're glad to have you. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored that you would be with us today. And we pray that you've had a wonderful time with your families and it continues. And those of you who are joining us online, we're honored to have you as we always, uh, as we always have these chances to be together. We continue to think these days about a very important theme. We've been talking about it for a number of weeks. Hope in God. And I'll call your attention to Matthew chapter 12 today. If you'll take your Bibles, find your place there today as we, uh, we're we finishing up uh, this week. And next week will be uh, the final time we talk about this very important theme. My prayer will be that God will use these words in your life. We don't know what uh, the Lord has for us in the future. But we who are God's people are those who are the hopeful ones in a world of hopelessness. So Matthew chapter 12 is where we'll begin. I'll encourage you to keep your Bible open. I'll call your attention to several other places. Boys and girls, I know that you've been uh, enjoying uh, your time with your families. Remember, this is the, a special time of the year. This is the time we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ. Christmas is the focus on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, Him being born into this world and being the Savior of the world. So that's where... Uh, we'll be coming back and talking about that again today. But I call your attention to the words of Isaiah the prophet that uh, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew places here as the Lord Jesus begins his ministry. Just a little bit of background before we read these words, it will help you as you've just turned to it. So this is in the early days of the Lord Jesus ministry. He enters into, he's already in conflict with those religious leaders who believed that he was not speaking the truth and that he was truly not God's man, God's prophet. And uh, he's had some discussions with them, the Lord Jesus has, but he enters into their synagogue, and this is around verse 9, and there's a man there with a withered hand, and he, he then heals the man on the Sabbath day there in the synagogue. All those things are very important, very symbolic uh, acts. And uh, the man, is, his hand is healed, and the Lord says to him in verse 13, Stretch out your hand, and he stretched out his hand, and it was restored to normal like the other. Verse 14 is a very serious word that we read already in the early ministry life of the Lord Jesus. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against Jesus as to how they might destroy him. I'm going to read that again, verse 14. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. And then we focus on these words beginning in verse 15, and our primary focus will be verse 21, but you must read it all with me uh, so that you catch the significance of it. But Jesus, aware of this, aware that they were now seeking to destroy him, withdrew from there, many followed him, and he healed them all and warned them not to tell who he was. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. Now these words are very important for us today. Read them carefully with me. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. Verse 19. He will not quarrel nor cry out, 
nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered or bruised reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out, until he leads justice to victory. Verse 21, here's our focus. And in his name the Gentiles will hope. Now, Heavenly Father, we've read the Word of God. We've sung praise to your name. Glory is only, glory is only worthy of you, Lord Jesus. We honor you as our great God and Savior. We thank you today. Holy Spirit of God, take the Word of God now and apply it to our lives. We have many things in our minds today. We are, we are churning and stirring and distracted. We are broken by things in our life. We're saddened by circumstances in our world. Uh, lift our heads now, Holy Spirit of God. Give us encouragement from the Word of God. And may we truly be the hopeful ones in the hopelessness of the world. And may we see and glorify and honor the Lord Jesus Christ today. Through these words of the ancient prophet Isaiah, fulfilled in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and also in His second coming. We thank You for these blessed words. Open our eyes that we might see Your truth now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my focus this morning is this, that I hope in God. This is my continued testimony to you. If someone's wanted to ask me to give an account for the hope that is in me, this continues what I've been trying to share with you. And we have a list of all of these out in the hallway if you'd like to take them and look at all of them. Here's another reason why I have hope in God. I hope in God because Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I hope in God because Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. So we come back to these words of the prophet Isaiah. Two places Matthew puts together. Two various places, Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 11. He blends them together here as they are prophetic words about the Lord Jesus. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. These are all words from God the Father. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. And here are the words of God spoken through the prophet Isaiah about the future and the work of Jesus Christ. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. <clears throat> One old rendering of the passage in Isaiah 11, In that day there will be a root of Jesse, and he shall arise and shall rule over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust, and his rest shall be glorious. This word Gentile, we find it two times here mentioned in verse number 18. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall, notice, proclaim or preach justice to the Gentiles. <clears throat> and then we have it again in verse 21. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. This Greek word for Gentiles is the word ethnos. It is the word from which we get ethnics. We are all here as ethnic people. We come from various tribes and backgrounds. We can translate this word Gentiles as nations. 
I'll use that word today in my comments to you. I want you to think today about the nations. I want you today to think about not only the United States of America, where it's our, generally our primary focus, but you think about all of our friends. We have friends that we've done ministry and missions with across the world. Those in South, uh, Southeast Asia, those in Cuba and other places. We have friends that have gone to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. We have missionaries in Southern Baptist life that are everywhere. We have home missionaries scattered all across the United States to every tribe, every nation. I want you to think about the nations. I want you to consider the, the great promise here that we have in verse 21. In His name, the Gentiles, the nations will hope. You see, most of us hear the news rather than the good news of the gospel. There is the work of God that continues to go on this day. In spite of what others may say, in spite of the critics who would say whatever they wish, the gospel is being shared around the world. Disciples are being made. Men and women, boys and girls are being saved. They're being delivered from their godlessness and their addictions and their wickedness and their living for the Lord from all the nations, out of all the nations. Oh, out of the darkness of communist China, out of the darkness and godlessness and the, the wicked perversions of the, the Western world, out of the darkness of Islam and that false religion, the Gentiles are hoping in Jesus Christ. You see, the work of God is in good hands. For God is continuing to save people from their sins from all the nations. I want you to think as we finish this last Sunday of the year, what God is doing. It is global. It is a global work. The work of God is global through what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. So I want to give you three observations from this phrase, in this last phrase in verse 21. Number one, Jesus Christ is the hope of the nations. And I want to talk about that for just a moment. What does that look like? What does that mean? And I'll primarily take you to these, these words in verses 18 through 21. Secondly, I want to talk to you about why is there hope among the nations? Well, because Jesus Christ is the light of the nations. And finally, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the nations. And I would add that Jesus Christ is not only Savior, but He is the Lord of the nation. So I want you to think about this so that you might be encouraged in your work for God. You may think, well, what is it that we can really do here at Dixon? What is it we can do? What can I really do at my job? What can I do in my family? Well, you can share the gospel. You can tell other people about Jesus Christ. Not just give them a good word, not just a happy thought. You must speak clearly and say to them, let me tell you about Jesus Christ, my Lord. Let me tell you the source of the hope in my life, regardless of what I'm going through. His name is Jesus Christ. So I, I want to talk to you, first of all, a little bit more about how Jesus Christ, as we read here, is the hope, is the hope of the nation. Well, as we come to Christmas time, we think about all the... And Brother Steve's been so good to help us. During Advent time, we've looked at all of the various places that remind us of the significant events around the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to take you back and have you think about one that would remind us of this wonderful truth, a story that we read in the Gospels 
early on that reminds us of how in the name of Jesus Christ, the Gentiles will hope. We read these strange, strange words in Matthew chapter 2. Verse number one, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, magi, this word magi, the wise, these wise men. We don't know the details. We don't know their background, their lineage. Tradition tries to put things on it and tell us, but we don't have it in the scriptures. Magi from the east arrive in Jerusalem. These are, these are pagans. These are Gentile pagans. These are from the nations. These are wise men. These are magi from the east who do not know the word of God. They do not know the promises to Israel. They are not aware of all the history of the patriarchs and Abraham and Moses and Joseph and all the rest. They, they're unfamiliar. All they've had. Listen to me, my dear friends. This is the sadness of the pagan world today. All they have are the stars in the sky to try to find some meaning in life. All they have, all these Gentiles have, these wise men, all they have are the stars in the sky. They have no written word of God. They have no direction from the Old Testament. All they have are the stars in the sky. How helpless, how helpless people are in the world today. My friends, they, they try to find their way to meaning and purpose in life in all kinds of sad ways. Well, we read they came from the east and they were coming and then they were saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? That's what these Gentiles are asking. For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Matthew goes on, Matthew 2, 9. And the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came the star came and stood over the place where Christ was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. All they had was a star. All they had was a star. The star of Christ. And they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They were so joyous. They were so happy. The star brought them to the very location of Jesus Christ. And then we read these amazing words which remind us of this great prophecy being fulfilled and in his name the Gentiles will hope. We read in Matthew chapter 2 verse 11 and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. That's right. These Gentiles with no knowledge of Messiah and the coming of the promised one this this group of Gentiles came and found the Lord Jesus Christ, the baby Lord Jesus, and they worshiped Him and they opened their treasures and they presented to Him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's what it means for some to come out of the nations and to believe in His name. That's what it means when you came out from among the people you were born to, out of your family of origin, and you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. You came and you worshiped Him. You confessed with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and you believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, and you were saved, and then you brought all the treasures of your life. Here, Lord, it all is. Here's everything I have. You see, 
This is a beautiful picture of what it means for us to see even in our day. You don't hear the news about it. I don't know what's going on, but all around us for generations since the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ for these thousands of years, there have been those Gentiles who have believed in Jesus Christ and have placed their confident hope for life and for eternity in Him. Brother Steve mentioned it before. Matthew 121. She will bear a son and you will call his name Yeshua. You will call his name Yeshua for he will save his people from their sins. And Peter and John were told, don't talk in the net, don't even use the name Jesus anymore around here in Jerusalem. We'll beat you, we'll threaten you, we'll intimidate you. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. And Peter and John said to that group boldly, what I say to you today, I hope it's true for every believer in this room. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given by which men must be saved. How can we, they said, how can we but speak about what we have seen and heard? They were witnesses for Jesus Christ. So we read in these words, in his name, the Gentiles, the nations will hope. Because of that, we learn some very important things about the basis of our hope in Jesus Christ. Verse 18, we see first of all here that the nations will hope in Jesus Christ because He is the chosen promised one of God. Notice these words, Behold my servant whom I have chosen. He is the only begotten of the, he is the, only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is truly the Son of God. He is exclusively, uniquely the Son of God. Come to this world. The glory of the Lord Jesus is that He was fully human and fully God. He is the chosen one. He is the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. Behold my servant whom I have chosen. That's why there's hope. Among the gen when, the, when the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, some hear it. And for the first time, they see this is the chosen one. This is the one who speaks for God. This is the one who has the words of life. This is the one who can change. These words draw me. These words make me feel differently. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. What happened to Peter? What happened to those disciples with the Lord Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration? This group knows in here. The voice came from heaven thundering, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. You see, in His name the nations will hope because He is the chosen and promised one from God. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. The nation's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ because of His tender mercy and grace. You've experienced it, so have I. You see, the Lord Jesus, He is not only the one who proclaims, verse 18, the justice of the Lord, the truth of God's justice and judgment and salvation, but oh, these sweet words in verse 20. Look at them. You experience them every day, so do I. Because we experience, why do I have hope in Jesus Christ? Because of His tender mercy and grace toward me. Because of His tender mercy and grace toward you. Listen to these words. A battered or bruised reed He will not break off. The storms blow through the reeds. 
and some of them, the tops start to break off, but there they are in that fragile condition, just like we are in our brokenness and our fragile conditions, aren't we? We all find ourselves, if we're proud and arrogant, we don't want to admit it, but we all live in our own brokenness and in our own frailty and weakness. And you see the Lord Jesus, He is the one. Because of the Lord Jesus, He will not break off a broken reed. The Lord will never break. What had He just done with this dear man in the synagogue? This man with a withered hand, with only one good hand, He says, stretch out your hand. A battered reed he will not break off. And a smoldering wick he will not put out. The fire is just about gone. The heat is just about gone. The wick is just smoking now, but he will not snuff it out. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ has been that same way to all of us in this room who have come to know Jesus Christ. And because of his tender mercy, in his name, the nations will hope. The nations will hope also because Jesus Christ, Brother Steve mentioned it again this morning, Jesus Christ will ultimately bring victory and justice over evil in this world, just as He has brought victory through His death on the cross. Oh, there's victory. There's victory in Jesus. Sin is forgiven. Your, your grace, the grace of God comes. You're a new person in Christ, but there is the coming of the Lord Jesus. And we read it here in these words, until He leads justice to victory. There is a great day coming. The end of all things is at hand. It is important for us as God's people to remember that because Jesus Christ is the hope of the nations. While the nations seem to struggle in their hopelessness, as we go to share the gospel, as we send others to go for us, as we pray for those who go, as the gospel is shared around the world, in our responsibility as God's people, in His name the nations will hope. You see, there is no other name greater than the name of Jesus. I respect your families and your names. I respect you. I know that you're proud of your family and your lineage, but your name isn't as great as this name. No other name that you know is greater than this name. No great leader you study, their biography is greater than this one. The Lord Jesus is the name above every name. He has been given the name above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no greater name under heaven or in heaven than the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did John tell us at the end of his gospel? These things I have written to you that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And believing in Him, you might have life in His name. If you are born again in this room today, you have life in the name of Jesus Christ. You heard His name. Someone spoke His name to you. And all of a sudden you were drawn to the name of Jesus. You didn't understand anything about it like you do now. But you heard the name of Jesus out of your family of origin. Out of whatever misery or background you come from. Whatever circumstances and situations in your life 
and in your family and from the nation you have come from, you heard the name of Jesus Christ. And as the prophecy says, in His name, the nations, and that includes you, you have put your hope. You see, salvation is in the name of Jesus. When we talk about salvation, we talk about salvation in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of a government. Not in the name of government leaders. Not in the name of science or scientific leaders. Or those in technology. Our Savior is the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in His name we stand. In His name we unashamedly speak to the world. And we say to them, the wonderful, blessed name Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what we say. My friends, healing and blessing comes in the name of Jesus Christ. And access to God is only through the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Good news is only, the only good news, the only lasting good news is the preaching and sharing of Jesus Christ. And good works are done in the name of Jesus. That's what we do. These wise men speak to us as we think about Christmas of, this, of the millions. I'm standing as one saved Gentile among millions of other saved Gentiles who were in the darkness, who had nowhere to go except through the light of knowing Jesus Christ. That brings me to this second thing quickly I would say to you. And it comes from Luke chapter 2. Let me read to you Luke chapter 2, verse number 32. This is Simeon. When the Lord Jesus, just a few days after His birth, He was brought to the temple along with all these other Jewish parents bringing their Jewish children to follow the Mosaic law. Luke chapter 2. We find Simeon, this man who was a devout man of God. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, Luke tells us. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. All Now get in your mind, all of these wonderful, sweet, young couples, Jewish couples are bringing their children for dedication. Who knows how many, but many were there. And of all of them, this man filled with the Holy Spirit, he finds Mary and Joseph and he holds in his hands the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he took him in his arms. I'll begin reading in Luke 2, 28. He took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He's holding the Lord Jesus, the baby Lord Jesus, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. And then he speaks these prophetic words. You and I who are believers in Jesus Christ, who are Gentiles here today, or Jews who have believed, a light of revelation to the nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. As the Lord Jesus began His earthly ministry, we see these words in Matthew 4. The people were sitting in darkness and they saw a great light. What did they see? They saw the Lord Jesus Christ who began to do works of power and healings, casting out demons, miraculous things were occurring, feeding of people, 
His words were not like no other words they had ever heard. These words of grace and truth, no one ever spoke like this one. And the people were in darkness. They'd never heard such things. They'd never heard such words. The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land and the shadow of death upon them, a light dawned. You see, Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He said, my dear friends, I've quoted it to you many times. I quote it to you again. These are the blessed words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why, why is it that the nations hope in His name? Well, Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but he will have the light of light. Look, you are... You are either a child of the light or you are a child of the dark. That's the way it is for every person in the world. They are either living as children of the dark in all the darkness of wickedness and godlessness, in all the darkness of perversion and ungodliness and pride and arrogance under the reign and realm of Satan, the God of this world, dominated and controlled by their flesh and, and submitting in conformity to the world darkness. Sons and daughters, children of darkness. But some of you heard the name Jesus Christ just as the nations continue to hear, just as for thousands of years the gospel has been preached in the name of Jesus. And those who were in the dark stepped into the light and experienced the light of God. Are you walking and living in the darkness? Are you a child of the dark today? Are you a child of the light? You see, when we experience the light of life in Jesus Christ, that's what John said, in Him was life and in Him was the light of life. Those things remind us that that's the, that's the essence of salvation. I would have never been saved had I not had the revelation, the awareness that there's something more than my old miserable way of life. Why do the nations hope in His name? Because there is light in the name of Jesus. You see, that is why we have such hope in a hopeless world. We see the light. We walk in the light as He is in the light. We have fellowship with one another who are now in the light. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sin. But I end by reminding you of something else in Luke chapter 2. That is that Jesus Christ, the reason why the nations hope in Jesus Christ is because He is the Savior and Lord of the nations. Let me read to you these words. Luke chapter 2 verse number 10. The angel said, remember we were, we've been reminded of this. Brother Steve's helped us with this. We've talked about it. Boys and girls, you remember this. As the Lord Jesus was being born, the shepherds were in the field. And the angel said to them, verse 10, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there's been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The good news that He brought was for all people. Not just for Jewish people, but for Gentile people who in their paganism and their godlessness knew nothing about Jesus Christ or a promised one. 
He is born a Savior because the world needs to be saved. The world we live in needs to be saved. What will it take, my Christian friends, for us to again remember the importance of Jesus Christ as Savior? He saves us from our sins. The world is trapped in their sin. You see, this is what has driven the church to share the gospel. This is why you should care about telling your friends and neighbors about Jesus Christ. They are lost in their sin. If they die in their sin, they are separated from God forever in hell. It is at the heart of the gospel. You see, the nation's hope in Jesus Christ and hope comes to those who believe among the nations because it is for them as well as for the Jews. It is for all people and He is born to us. Look, I, I can't go long here, but I must remind you that the Lord Jesus, this time of the year, we celebrate this phrase, very important phrase in this passage. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior. You see, Jesus Christ is the source of hope for the nations because He was born into the world just like you. He was born into the world with limitations as a man. He was born into the world and He grew through all the stages of life. He grew through every one of them, from toddler to childhood to adolescence to, to uh, adulthood. He grew through all the, age, all the stages of life. He was tempted. He was tempted in all, in all points like we are without sin. And He was crucified. He was physically crucified, his body lacerated from head to toe, bleeding everywhere, beaten to a pole, mocked and ridiculed, and finally his body died. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ was crucified, was crucified for our sins, and he was buried. He died for our sins. He died in his body. And He was bodily raised from the dead, and He ascended bodily to heaven. You see, this is the Savior who was born to us, and this same Savior will come again bodily to this world. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, but I don't want you to miss this. You see, there is hope in the nations today because of those who believe in Jesus among the nations, because it seems rather, uh, it seems rather confusing but in a world that seems to be in chaos, Jesus Christ is the King over the world. I read to you from Revelation chapter 1. We often overlook these words, but I want you to see them today because not only will Jesus Christ reign on the earth one day again, but He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And here's the way John put it as he opens the book of Revelation. Revelation 1.4 John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. Whether the ruler in China considers Jesus Christ as ruler over him today, he is. Whether the leader... Leaders of any country or nation in the world consider Jesus Christ the ruler over them today. He is. He is the ruler of the kings of the nation to this very day. He is the Savior 
of the nations, and He is the ruler of the nations. He is the one we bow to. We surrender to Him as Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we say. That is how we speak of our Lord. We speak of Him with reverence and honor. And we glorify Him with the way we live and what we talk about. And we follow Him. So why is there hope today in the nations when everything looks so hopeless? Because there is a Savior over this world, over the, to the nations, and a ruler over the nations. And His name is Jesus Christ the Lord. That's why you read such things in Psalms. Psalm 67, 4, let the nations be glad. Why are the nations glad in the midst of the misery? Because Jesus Christ is the Savior and Lord of the nations. He will, for from you, you will judge the peoples in uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. So what do we need to remember today from these words and all of these various places we've looked in God's Word? I want to bring it to some close here as we finish. So today we finish 11.29 and 17 seconds. Here we are. We count things by the second. We count things by the hour. We count things by the day. We count things by the month. And we count things by the year. So we now are still alive as we finish 2021. Some who were with us at the beginning of 2021 are not here anymore. If you live in arrogance and think that you know how long you'll live, you're, you're an arrogant person. No offense, but you are. You have no idea how long you will live. You, know, you have no idea how many days you will have, so you must be prepared to live for the Lord Jesus Christ and to die for Him. We said goodbye to many loved ones and friends this year. We said goodbye. Their life was over. They went the way of the earth. Now they are gone. Either in heaven or in hell. Based on their choices and decision in this life. To either follow Jesus Christ or deny Him and reject Him. Before I get to these four things about remembering things, I hope that you will find a way. You see, I think this is a spiritual matter, what I'm about to say. I think this is a great important responsibility you have as a believer in Jesus Christ. And that is for you to take stock in your life in 2021. How did you live your life for God in 2021? Did you live to glorify God or did you live in selfishness? Did you live in sin? Have you gone away from God? Are you farther away from God as a follower? Have you gone back to carnality as a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you far away from God or are you walking with God? Are you experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit filling you and leading you and directing you in your life? Or are you just a cynic on the sidelines, critiquing everybody else and making sure everybody else is in line, but you never, ever consider your own condition? I hope that you'll find the time before this year is over at the beginning of the new year to sit down for a moment and say, Lord... I need to talk to you about how I have lived my life for you this past year. I want to thank you for these things you have done in my life, even if they were miserable, horrible, terrible things. I want to give thanks for everything, for this has been the will of God for you in my life. I want to thank you for giving me another opportunity to live. I want to thank you for the friends and enemies that have all gathered in my life. 
I want to thank you for the troubles and circumstances that have come in my life. I want to seek to glorify and honor you with my life. I want to do these things because this is an expression of what it means, my dear friends, for you to have hope in the name of Jesus Christ. I have said to you week after week, I am not trying to be proud. I'm trying to give my testimony. I am more hopeful today than I was yesterday because my hope is in Jesus Christ. I am hopeful. I am hopeful if the whole world shreds before me, if my whole life falls apart, whether I'm sick or well, I am hopeful in Jesus Christ. You see, there is only one name that saves from sin, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Jesus saves us in our hopelessness, we begin to live in hopefulness. That's been my burden to this church from the beginning. Because it seems that some of us are wringing our hands living in such hopelessness. That's not the way God designed for you to live as a follower of Jesus Christ. You are now a hope-filled one because the Spirit of God lives within you. You see, the darkness of sin is in the mind. People sit in darkness. Did you know some of your lost friends and neighbors? My lost friends and neighbors, their minds are darkened. That's what Paul says. Their minds are darkened. They cannot see the truth of God. They hear the Bible. They read these words. They listen to someone preach or talk about it, but they can't see it. They can't understand it. Their minds are darkened. The God of this world continues to cloud their minds. And only the gospel in the name of Jesus Christ will break them free from the darkness in their minds. So I say to you today, oh, what a Savior what a Savior of the nations. Jesus Christ is the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord. We end this year as we began. We sing and we praise the Lord Jesus for who He is. He is the hope of the nations. He is the light of the nations. He is, he is the Savior and Lord of the nations. May all who want to be saved from all the nations... This year, worship and honor and glorify Him. And may we be as God's people, busy, busy about going to tell, sharing the gospel, doing missions, because our time is short. <clears throat> so how do I use this in my life? Well, I look to Jesus and I live in joyful hope. That's the way you do it. You fix your eyes on Jesus every day. Because you don't know what the day will be. And then you live in joyful hope, whatever comes. You fix your eyes on Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has saved you. And you live in joyful hope. If you live only a little while, you live in joyful hope. It only gets better, my friend, when you die, when you're born again. It only gets better. We're marching to Zion. We're moving toward heaven. Tell your friends about Jesus Christ, how I pray for our church that we truly, you know, we pray this sometimes. Let us be a lighthouse here. A lighthouse means we, we've got to go out as children of light and speak the light. We've got to hold forth the word of life in a dark and crooked world. The world's going to always be crooked. The world's always going to be dark. That's why the Lord said to you, listen to me, my friends. I'm appealing to you. I'm going a little long, but I'm appealing. Listen to me. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Now we must go. Now we must do our task. Now we must do our job in these last days. And we must praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must thank Him that we have been saved. You are, I'm speaking to my Christian friends here. You are one of those in which verse 21 is fulfilled. 
Did you know that? You are a part of the fulfillment of verse 21 of Matthew 12. You are one of the Gentiles who has put your hope in Jesus Christ. Behold my servant whom I have chosen. In his name, the Gentiles will hope until the end. Amen.